intro, senor. Yeah. Right. We're gonna get started in five, four, three. That is, everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Killer Thoughts Podcast. I'm your boy, Angel Martinez, and today we're back at Studio Ramirez with the boy, Alejandro. How you been, bro? Doing good, man. It's good to be back. And we're back with a bang, bro. We're back with a really with some, dope... With some fire. With some fire, yeah. With a really dope guest. Uh, this is his first time here on KTP, and hopefully not the last time that we're going to have him here, but sir, introduce yourself to the crowd. Tell me who you are, your name. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is Carlos Quesada. First time here in KTP, but definitely long-time listener. Uh, super, super grateful to be here. Thanks for having me here, guys. Oh, glad to have you here, man. And then, so so for those of you who don't know who you are, like, tell just just real quick, like, some things that, that the people that might know you. Like, what are your fetishes? Exactly. You know, like, you know, yeah. what, what, what gets you to sleep at night? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty broad statement. Like, like how do you show up to this, right? Like, you yeah. know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of us wear so many masks that which, which, which mask do I bring to the table today, right? Yeah. Um, I would say for me, um, you know, just a little bit about myself. So, uh, Carlos Quesada, born and raised in De Goyado, Jalisco, Mexico. Um, you know, uh, came to the U.S. when I was 13. Um, I graduated from East San Jose. I'm an East Side kid. Graduated from Silver Creek High School back in '97, um, and now I work for you know one of the companies that was the mother of high tech. I worked for Hewlett Packard. I've been I've been with the company about four years, um, and very very active in the community. I'm the head of the, uh, uh, or I'm the executive uh, sponsor for the Latino Employee Research Group. So doing a lot of work and helping out. Um, our people to get more of our people in tech working on, like I say, in the inside of the building instead of the outside of the building. Yeah, infiltrating. You know? Yeah, infiltrating, <laughs> infiltrating work, you know, yeah. working our way back in. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, from a career perspective, um, I work as uh, a director of the global services team. But, you know, one of the things I'm very passionate about is how I can help more of our people kind of work their way into tech, you know, and so do a lot of work in the community, um, in the in the universities, you know, partner up with San Jose State mm-hmm. and, and some of the other colleges here. But, um uh, but yeah, like I said, there's just so many, so many things we can get into. Yeah, right. Yeah, especially with everything that you just named. Damn, dude. When yeah, you, how do you get the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's some it's, people listening are probably just like shit. <laughs> you know, you know like, it's funny. God I, damn it. I, I get that question a lot, right? I mean, I'm also a father of four, I've been married and father of four, and so um, I get that question a lot. Like, how do you get the time? You know, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know how to do anything else. You know, one of the things that you won't catch me doing is vegging out on the couch watching TV. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm a there's there's a word about what is it working as a workaholic or work, no? It, well, there's a workaholic, but what do they call it? Where working anxiety, somebody who's got anxiety, oh, okay. but or functional anxiety. Yeah, where well, you have to be on the move, right? You have to, you be have to just move. be doing That's something. Yeah. Right. I, I I feel like if I sit down, I'm watching TV. I have this over and feeling like I should be doing something more productive right now. Yeah, right. You're asking yourself like, "Fuck," you know, like, what am I not doing right now? What should I be working on right now? Yeah, yeah right. Or what haven't I finished yet? Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely so, something for sure, especially with me as a musician. I always ask myself when I'm sitting there playing guitar, or not playing guitar, watching a TV, I'd be like, damn, I could be playing guitar right exactly. now. Exactly. Or I could be working on like that song that I've been working on, or like, yeah, like, what am I doing right now? Like, yeah. I should be in the studio. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the studio is like, you know, TV is going to be there for, for whenever you need it, you know, like, but that time that you have to be creative, you know, or right. like you said, to do your projects, like, that shit passes quick, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I've always been one of those people who, um, like, once you, once you accomplish something, I don't, I don't think I do a good job of, of enjoying it and celebrating. It's like, okay, now what's next? Yeah. And no, so in my mind, I have all these lists of things that I want to do. And so there's always like, if I'm not doing this, then I should be working on that list. Mm-hmm. So Do you feel that guilt where you're just like, oh man, like, do you, so do you feel guilty when you get lazy? Like, do you I ever do. have like that, that lazy day where you're like, fuck, I didn't do anything. You're I just do. like hella mad. Like the next day I have like, I'm like, now I'm way behind on all these. Yeah. Things, you feel right? like you've been, yeah. now mm-hmm. you got to play catch up, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely a lot of that for sure. No, I feel that, man. No, like we're talking a little bit off the podcast too, just kind of like what we mentioned before on different episodes, just about mental health and stuff. Yeah. Like it's dope that your, your position and like your job gives you that, that one day or two days, like you said, every so often to just work on your mental health and just be just you, like you said, just do you, Yeah. you know what I mean? Just really fucking just be you like a hundred percent that day. Be like, no, this is what I like to do. This is what I like to eat. Like 
all the distractions are just out the door. Out the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like all the bullshit's just out the window and you can just focus on yourself, you know? That's yeah, you know. So, yeah, we were talking about that. So, just to put some more context, right? So, um, I think it's just on the heels of all the stuff with everybody working from home, right? Um, one of the things that's, that's super um, obvious in the high-tech community is many of us during COVID, you know, we easily shifted to working from home, but we, we lost the ability to separate work and home. Right. Yeah. Um, literally, one of the things that that, you know, um, came up in a conversation that we had recently about this topic in another in another um, uh, uh, venue was, you know, home psychologically has always been that area of refuge. Right. It's when where you, you rest your head. When you rest yeah. your head, you think about work, work brings on a sense of maybe stress, anxiety, whatever that may be. But then in your mind, you think about home and it becomes the area where you go to kind of, you know, remove yourself from it. And now they've blended and home is now related to that source of stress and anxiety. You don't have that separation. And so a lot of things, what's happening right now with high tech companies is they're trying to find a way to help their employees kind of like break that off and, 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 you know, recover from the stress that was COVID, right? And working from home. And so in our case, what the company has done is for the summer months, they're giving us two Fridays off every month and they call them wellness Fridays. And the goal there is to go and find something that's not work related that helps you kind of like recenter yourself. So if you're like gardening, you like building stuff, you want to go hang out with the family, like that's the thing. Yeah, musician and play guitar for the whole right. day or yeah. like just go on a hike or anything that you yeah. need, right? Yeah, yeah. That sure. shit's important, man. Because even mm-hmm. like we, I've noticed in like a bunch of different countries is like even Japan or like in different places in Europe, they have those kind of like periods of time where workers do need time to themselves or yeah. do need kind of like vacation times. And I feel like even with me, I just recently used my vacation time because it was a pain in the ass to use it when I really needed it, and it was about to expire. Yeah. And it was kind of like, if I don't use it, then it's going to expire, and then I'm going to lose that time. And it's kind of yeah. just like, what the fuck, man, you know? Yeah. We get used to just being on the grind, like, Definitely. nonstop. See, but and on the other hand, though, like, as far as, like, being, you know, in your position and actually opening up all these different, you know, venues and stuff, like, I can see why you're always on the grindstone, man, because the possibilities that you're trying to open up, man, yeah. like, it's fucking crazy. Like, we were talking a little bit, too, kind of like a, being a kid that's 10 years old or 11 years old, especially, let's say, if your parents don't support you or, let's say, you don't have the proper ways to communicate with people. Like, you can't do the things you're passionate about. Like you said, get into tech, like computers, or even, like, get into music or all these different things, man. It's, it's freaking dope. Like, how did you get started with all that, man? <laughs> you know, I don't like, know. We... Was it was it gradual or was it just one day you're like, you know what, we're fucking doing this? No, you know, um, it kind of goes back to um, just... Uh, feeling super grateful and 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 feeling super blessed man you know i like i said uh going back to my story i came to the u.s i I came back and forth i'm one of those people who um would go between being in school in mexico one year to now next year you're in school in the u.s back and forth so elementary junior high there was a lot of that back and forth and you know to me it wasn't super disruptive it was normal right um but when i was here in the u.s you know you know we we you know we started you know you know from the bottom up right i used to help my mom I remember my mom used to clean banks in the afternoon, so I'd get out of school and they'd, they'd pick, pick us up. And we'd go help her clean banks, and we used to look forward to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just watching my mom grind, she was kind of the first entrepreneur I ever met. She was always, you know, you know, working on, on her hustle. My dad used to work at nights, um, and so we, you know, we'd see him on the weekends. But during the week, he's like, you know, don't make a lot of noise at the house. But um, you know, I just feel like looking at where I came from. I didn't go to a big, big university. I didn't go to a four-year college. I went to a trade school, right? Um, I barely graduated high school. I was a shitty student in high school. <laughs> and to be able to have the opportunity that I have now, I realize, you know, this didn't come on accident. Like, there's a reason why this happened. And so for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close to my, to my immigrant community. And so what I feel is, I feel like I've learned so much that, I, that if it took me 15 or 20 years to get to where I'm at, if I had somebody in my life that knows what I know now back then, it probably would have shortened that cycle by maybe five years. Yeah, right. And so for me, it's like, how can I go in and tell my story and share what I've learned and what are the things to avoid or what are the things to consider that can help people of that immigrant community, first generation, you know, they're just learning English. I mean, Angela and I talked about being part of ESL classes, right? Like I went through all of that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if I can help somebody shorten that cycle to get to where I'm at now five years earlier, then that's what it's about for me. Right? And that's the part that motivates me and is passionate. And I've been working for startups most of my career. Again, I went to a very, very small trade school that doesn't exist anymore. Um, it used to be where the Matrix Casino is now. They oh, okay. demolished it. And, and, Took it off. And, and it turned yeah, and it turned into, into casino. casino. But the joke is the school that I went to, 
uh, was a small little school, trade school, kind of similar to Heald. It was called Master's Institute of Technology. Oh, okay. And so now I joke around saying I have a bachelor's degree from MIT, right? Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but dude, the school's gone. But what I learned at that school, I, I thought I was going to grow up to work on fixing computers. Like that was going to be what I did for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I spoke Spanish, one of the first startups I went to go work at, um, they basically started doing some work with Mexico and I was the only person in the company that spoke Spanish. Oh, so the opportunity um, was there for you, right? Opportunity was there. Down. It was actually pretty funny. I call that my quinceanera story because I was, I was going to be in Mexico for my sister's quinceanera mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out that during that same week, the company was going to have a pretty important meeting with a company in Mexico City. And me being the goofball that I am, I turned around and I heard the CEO was talking about this trip behind me while I was working, uh, working at, we had a network operations center. So I was sitting there monitoring and I heard them talking and I remember turning around and I was just fucking around, right? I was like to the CEO, which, you know, I didn't really know that well, yeah. but I turned around and I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm, well, I'm going to be in Mexico that same time. If you need me to translate, I got you. And I even did a little, you know, handgun finger, like, let me know. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and then the guy stopped and he goes, you know what? That's a great idea. And I was like, damn, no, no, no. I was just fucking around. Like I got mm. no business being the business. Me, dude, at the time I was like, I just turned 18. Right? Yeah. I'd never worn a suit in my life. Like, I Jeez. mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a business guy. Yeah. Right? I was just mm-hmm. like this, this nerdy kid who liked computers, who I, I'd only been at the company for like three months. But it just so happened that I was going to be in Mexico during that time. So they took me up on it. They're like, yeah, come out. I was like, no, I got no business. They're like, no, 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 come out, come out. So I was like, okay, fine. So like, why I, did you say anything then, bro? Right? Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking yeah. I, I, I was just fucking around. So, so just to give you context, so I'm from this small town in Mexico called Degollado. It's about an hour and a half outside of Guadalajara. They're meeting in Mexico City, right? Like I said, I just turned 18. You know, I don't come from a family who like tr- has traveled or I don't have anybody in my family who's got like big ass visit trips. So I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I ended up, um, I ended up jumping on a bus from La Piedad Michoacán, which is where my buddy here is Hey, from, what's up? Um, to Mexico City, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Flecha Amarilla, for, for those that may remember that. But it's like an eight hour bus ride, right? It's like taking the Greyhound. So I take the Drayhound into Mexico City. I've never been into Mexico City, right? 22 million people. One of the biggest cities fuck, in the world, right? right? And I get there and I'm like, all right, cool. And <clears> I get on the taxi and I go to the hotel where we were supposed to meet the day before the meeting. One of the most beautiful hotels I've ever been in, right? Yeah, so you're I in there. Just, you're like, I just Whoa. walk in and I'm like, holy shit. Fuck. I've had those moments. Like, Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, all right, well, this is cool. So then I go in and we met at the restaurant inside of the hotel. And we're talking about how the agenda is for the next day. And then I asked, I was like, so where are you guys staying? Like, where are you guys going to stay? And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, well, where's your hotel? Like, well, we're staying in this hotel. And I'm like, holy shit, do the people yeah, back at the office know you? You're, you're asking yourself, you're like, no, we're not. And then they turn to me and they're like, well, where are you staying? And that's the moment, like my little son says, that's the moment where he knows he fucked up. I hadn't I hadn't made plans for a hotel. Mm-hmm. I was I was just so anxious to get right. to Mexico City. I didn't think that far ahead. And so I was like, uh, actually, well, I, don't, I don't have a hotel. You said you were like 18, dude. I was like, like 18. Yeah, you're young. And no, I don't have, it's not no like I'm sitting there checking boxes. Well, I don't even have a credit like, card yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. Like, like, I don't have a credit card. Yeah, so no, no credit or anything at that point. And so then they're like, like nonsense, but we'll get you a hotel, we'll get you a room here. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. You know, the, the, the Mexican in me came out. Yeah. Like, no, it's okay. Like, I can stay at one of like those shitty ones. I'll, like, I'll find a spot. I'll find a spot. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, nonsense. You're going to stay here. So the CEO goes to the friends, like, hey, can we get this guy a room? They're like, well, we're all out of rooms. We only have suites. Fuck. So the CEO turns is like, well, it looks like you're getting a suite. And I'm like, no, Damn, nonsense. I was like, that's fucking dope. give me your room. And I, you, he goes, no, no, Carlos, you'll get the suite. And back in the, just, I'm aging myself. Back in those days, we didn't have cell phones. So not only did we not have cell phones, but also we don't, we don't have cameras on our phones, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so, so I'm in this beautiful ass hotel, 18 years old, all by mm-hmm. myself. And I was like, who can I no show this to? No one's going to believe No one's going to believe me, right? <laughs> right? No one's going to believe me, And so I'm like, calling like, my mom and I'm like happen. describing, I'm like, mom, it's like, it's got a big ass bed and there's like, you push this, literally, you would push this bookshelf and it would pivot and it would open up to the living room. I was like, it's amazing, right? Anyway, long story short, I go in the next day and, and we have this meeting and it turns out that the whole context of this meeting is around um, kind of what does the company do and, and how can we ensure that if we were to partner with this company, we're not going to introduce any new congestion to their network. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what that means in a bit. And the interesting part was that was my main job at the company. Like that's what I did. And so there wasn't anybody in the company who knew more about this than me. So it just happened to be the perfect opportunity, you know? Like, And so it turns out the name of the company that I was in Mexico with was Telcel. It's the fucking biggest, it's the yeah, biggest cellular big. company. And I'm sitting there yeah. with like the head honchos of Telcel. 
And what they're and, and we the company that I worked at kind of invented text messaging. This mm-hmm. is before text messaging existed. And so we used to we used to basically um, use our technology for fleet tracking. So like Schneider trucking and things like that. They would put um, cellular radios on their trucks so that when they're driving down long haul, they can track the tr- trucks. Yeah, they know where they're GPS at. GPS or satellite is super expensive. And so they're asking like, hey, well, how do I know if we introduce you guys radios into our network, it's not going to like congest your network? And I'm like, well, I just came back from a month of, you know, I, I was doing a testing with GTE back in San Diego and here are the reports and here are the numbers. And they can- and it's funny because I was supposed to translate and I forgot. So I'm having this full-on conversation with three engineers from Telcel in just Spanish, in Spanish, and then they're and the over CEO here, just like just standing there, like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like, just you, listening. You, yeah. you turn around back to the CEO, you slide the paper over, and you're like, "All right, you just got to sign." Well, that's, that's <laughs> kind of what, that's <laughs> what happened. The right? deal's over. This is supposed to be like a high-level prezo and a proposal. Yeah. And when they came back and said, "They're like, Carlos, if you can prove these numbers, we're in." They're like, "We're going to give you six months." And we're going to give you Mexico City as a test bed. If you can prove this in Mexico City, then we'll convert this to a national contract. Yeah, because if you can get it done in Mexico City and make yeah. it show that it's successful, like you can fucking do it anywhere. And yeah. so um, the folks that I was with thought that, you know, we're going to get the, well, let's think about it. We'll let you know. We walked out of there with the provisional contract contingent on this on these outputs. And they were, they were so excited that, um, you know, I actually got them a cab and we drove. I, I drove with them over to the airport to see them see them leave. And they're like, Carlos, man, this is amazing. Like, you know, if you want to take an extra week to be with your family, because remember, I was here for the quinceañera, right? Mm-hmm. And the funny part is, is I didn't know there was a difference between a quinceañera suit and a business suit. So I wore the suit that I was going to wear at the quinceañera to this meeting. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Shiny ass lapel and everything, right? White socks with my dress pants, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the funny part was, is that, um, you know, I didn't have, uh, they didn't realize that I was an eight hour drive back to Guadalajara. So mm. when they're like, so how are you getting home? I'm like, well, I got to take a cab and take the bus. And they're like, well, how long is it going to take? It's like, I don't know, probably nine, 10 hours. I'm like, well, can't you catch a flight? Like, how long is a flight? I'm like, a flight's probably like an hour and 10 minutes. It's like, why don't you catch a flight? And I'm like, because well, I, I don't have a credit card. It's like, yeah, no. they're talking to you like, yeah. oh, dude, why don't you use your private plane, bro? Yeah, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, they're like, no. So I ended up, it was right ass. They, they paid for my ticket, like on the spot, got me a flight back to Guadalajara. And then I, 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 I go back there. But that was the beginning, man. That's where it all happened for me. And again, it was all because I spoke Spanish. And so that's one mm-hmm. of the things that I talk to about is, especially to the Latino community, is like, look, when you go to apply for a job at a company, if it's a job that supports Latin America, your competition will get slim. Because yeah. you're not competing with the Asians. You're not competing with the whites, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of us in tech. Mm-hmm. Right, so when they're looking for somebody to be able to um, to support the business in Latin America, you don't have a lot of competition, and so there's a huge advantage and opportunity because you're a Spanish speaker to really kind of get your foot in and and, and work your way up. Man. It's really true. It's like even with me, you know, like whenever I started actually getting jobs, getting into programs when I was 13, 14, mm-hmm. even helping my parents back at the flea market and mm-hmm. all this stuff, like. You know, they cross the border, you know, here I'm first generation Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. And you realize, like, like you said, the competition, when you know how to have, speak two languages, it just shrinks down. Oh, yeah. And then, like, even sitting there and, like, looking around, it's not to kind of, like, show that you're better than anybody or like that. Yeah. But you're kind of just like, oh, fuck, yeah, I have a weapon that, like, oh, yeah. comes, like, it's really good, you know? Like, something I can put on my resume that's going to get me even further, you know? And it's yeah. true. It's a flex. Like, you should, like, a lot of people should be flexing that, you know? You should. Like, should be proud of it, too. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that uh, now I'm also part of, like, the inclusion and diversity team at HP, which is all about making sure that people feel comfortable being themselves, right? Yeah. And that's what we call kind of bring your health off to work. Don't be afraid of being recognized as bilingual. Don't be afraid of being recognized as Hispanic. Like, it's a virtue, right? Yeah. Um, but to your point, I mean, when that happened at that job and I came back, I got promoted, right? I got promoted and I got dedicated and ran this project for Telstra for two years. And so every month, uh, uh, every month for two years, I was in Mexico City for a week. And I stayed at that same hotel for the fucking two years. Damn. And damn. it was pretty badass because like, like all the people at the hotel knew me. Like literally it was every month I'd, I'd come in, they knew me by first name. I knew the bellboy. They, they knew everything about me because yeah. it was like my, it's my, my other home. Right? Yeah. It's like, it's like your apartment basically. And, you know? yeah. and there was a gentleman that, that worked in the knock with me who was a Stanford grad. He was actually the nephew of our general counsel of this startup. And that's how he got this job. Mm-hmm. The dude was from Stanford, right? Had like a degree in like, I forget what it was, like microbiology or whatever. Not sure what he was doing here. And he was so upset that I had this opportunity over him. He even told me, he goes, but I have a degree from Stanford. And I actually told him, and this actually was his name. I said, Chad, how's your Spanish? 
right? <laughs> yeah, right. And and he was just so upset that it's like, how could this fucking Mexican kid who doesn't have a, like a real degree right. get this shot where you know I'm from Stanford and like how, how could this happen? Mm-hmm. It was like uh, with one of our older guests, you know, that was on here, you know, shout out to the boy Seipel, you know, check out one of the episode with him. But he always said that luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Oh, yeah. You know, so as soon as you're prepared and you're ready to go and that opportunity comes around, like that's your luck right there. Yeah. It's like everything falls into place. Yeah. And like you can't, you can't hate on you for that, you know, or he's yeah. just like, well, I know he, he, he could, he, he could, could he yeah, but like, damn, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's acting like it's your fault, you know, like, damn, like you have a great opportunity and you're prepared for it. Like what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so to me, like, that's always been like a big motivator. I feel like, you know, now I hold an, a, a, a pretty, pretty, you know, senior role at this company. I'm, I'm, I'm an executive at HP. Um, I'm, I'm one of a handful of Latinos at this level, yeah. you know, HP is a 56,000 or actually 65,000 person company right now. Um, and I'm at the table with like the CEO of the company, right? Um, I'm on the board of the inclusion and diversity and I represent the Latino employees for all of HP, right? And so for me, like all that comes from the quinceanera story, bro. Like that's where it started for me. It's, 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 it's a crazy thing. It's, it, it's yeah, a man. combination of not being afraid to joke around with the CEO and throw my name in the hat, right? Like if I hadn't, like, like I go back and I look, what if it wasn't my sister's quinceanera that month? I probably wouldn't have said shit. Yeah, right. right? Like, there's just all these like coincidences. What they call it, serendipity. You know, like everything Mm -hmm. just kind of happens perfectly, like in just in in a reason, like in in order too. You know. Yeah. And I'm also a big person of faith, right? Like I realize that I always say nothing ever happens without God's will and God's timing, dude. So I know that I've been touched, man. I feel like I've been touched, and well, even from the story, dude. Like you said, like you had the suit because of the quinceanera, you know, like. You were in the right place at the right time, you know, with that thought in your head, you know, like, you know what, I could be there and translate. And then, yeah. like, even then, too, like, knowing, like, I'm going to make this happen, even though I don't have a credit card or I don't right. have all these tools. Like, you still had that will and, like, determination to actually get her done, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people would have seen that and be like, fuck, I'm not trying to go all the way over there. And then, like, what <laughs> happens if I get lost or, like, right. what happens if I get mugged or, like, you know, at that point, you were just like, let's go. You know, it's it's funny. I have a, I have a 19-year-old son right now. And at 19... I was in Brazil and Argentina and Peru and Chile working for another company now mm-hmm. um, as a pre-sales engineer. So that company um, ended up um, ended up um, uh, having layoffs because it was when the dot-com like kind of blew yeah. up. And um, at the third layoff is when I got let go. Um, and I ended up f- just having to take the first job that I could find. I had just gotten married. I got laid off a week after I came back from my honeymoon. Right? Oh, so man. First job I got was pre-sales engineer for Latin America. I was I was working for a company that did outdoor point-to-point microwaves. So all those, um, you see those antennas on the side of the freeway, those towers, all the antennas inside the freeway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to climb those things and fucking put the antennas up. So that's the company that I worked for, and they were starting to sell into Latin America, and they need somebody that spoke Spanish. I'd never done any of that in my life. I didn't I didn't know what you know RF engineer was, but they hired me because I had a technical background. I was trainable, but more importantly, I spoke Spanish. And so, you know, at 19, I was, I was in fucking Bogota, Colombia, right? And I look at my son now, and I'm like, there's no way in hell I could see my 19-year-old doing what I was doing at 19. Right? Yeah. yeah man, and not true. only that, but how the hell would a company trust a 19-year-old yeah, exactly. to do all the shit that I was doing back then? Like, it's it, it's, it baffles me. Like, Well, there's, like, there's definitely, like, this weird kind of gap that you can see from kind of, like, I want to say from our generation. Right. But, like, from the pre-internet to, like, mm-hmm. internet gen. Because even, like, looking at, like, my niece right now, she turned 18 years old. She's going to turn 18 years old. And I'm thinking about all the shit I was doing at 18. Yeah. Like, had two jobs, you know, like, right. really getting on the grindstone. Like, and even then, too, like, thinking about, like, just the shady stuff we did as kids, you right. know, and kind of being out there and just, like, living our lives, you know? Yeah. I look at her, I'm like, you're still a kid. Like, yeah. you're still, like, you're still a kid, kid. And, like, I know I'm still young, but, like, like to your point, like, you're saying, like, how was, like, people trusting me with these things? And, like, and then on your level, that's, like, a whole different level. You're right. like, how was somebody trusting me with these meetings and stuff like that? And you still knocked it out of the park, dude. Dude, it's it's crazy because to your point, right? Like, I wasn't I wasn't like the best student in school. I mean, just just to be super like transparent and a little vulnerable, right? Like, like I was doing graffiti in high school, right? I used to hang around with the Sudanios, dude. Like, damn, I, bro, I, I, you know, like, fuck. Just, like, all, the, all the shady stuff <laughs> the that shady you do shit, as right? you know younger. But, yeah, but yeah. you know what? You take that you take that fucking dude that was like you know bombing on fucking trains and bombing on sides of freeways. And you get that fucking Sureño that was like always watching his back, right? Because I grew up over by Barrio Meadow Fair, dude, which is where all the Norteños are at. Mm-hmm. And you drop him into fucking Bogota, Colombia, you're at home, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, <laughs> you know how to handle yourself. Yeah. And so I literally feel like 
all the things that I've done in my life have allowed me to do what I'm doing now and be able to just like like and this is where that saying from impossible is nothing yeah like, I've been through so much shit and it's just it's all how you go and kind of embrace it and just realize like you know what this is just another thing like it's no different than any other stuff you've done before right and so like I'm I'm happy and I'm glad that I did all those things that may at the time didn't seem like really good ideas but it builds your character man and so for me one of the things that I feel is one of my strength, strengths is I can communicate with people at all levels. Bro. Yeah, you're, yeah you're, you're really easy to switch. Yeah. I like, noticed that. Like, when when I talk to you for the first time, you easily were able to just switch the conversation yeah. right away. Like, you can be professional, and then boom, I just be you. <laughs> yeah. You know, just be Carlos and Carlos in the weekend, you know what I'm saying? And then and then Carlos a professional at work. Yeah, yeah. That's We were talking about this earlier. One of my one of my really close friends, um, his name is Efren, uh, he actually uh, gave me the name King Paisa. And, and the reason he gave me the name King Paisa is he, kn he knows me on a personal level. And he knows that I carry myself as an illegal immigrant everywhere I go. Like, I still am that person, right? And so my 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 immigrant, I guess you could say, is really strong in me in everything I do. And I'm really close to the immigrant community. So you come over to my house on the weekend on Saturday, dude, and I got my big ass straw hat, my leaf lower, my huaraches, and I'm out in the backyard doing the lot. And then on Monday, I walk into the office with this guy, and I'm on a board meeting, like just fucking throwing it down. He was like, "Bro, like, like the way that you just switch, is mm -hmm. fucking crazy." And that's why he kind of jokes. He was like, "You're like like the king of the bites, house full. Like you go from fucking from board meeting to let's go have tacos, right? Like yeah, that's right. Just, that's just the way it is." And and I feel like that I've, I'm I'm like super blessed, and I I try really hard to not forget where I come from. And also the reason I do it is because I want to feel I want to make sure that I seem approachable to people. Because mm -hmm. I want people to be able to feel comfortable coming to be like, bro, like, like help me do that, or how can I do that? Right? Yeah, right. I want my Latino community to feel comfortable coming to me, so I can help them. You got to stay humble, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's very true. Because how many well, I know how many people I've known in my life that let's say get a little bit of like opportunity or get a little bit of success, and all of a sudden it's like I don't know you. Dude. Or it's kind of just like, I don't know where this came from. Or like, I'll be talking to somebody like, oh, no, like we used to be in a band together. Or, we used to do this together. And it's kind of just like, no, you didn't. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? it's kind of just like, whoa. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I heard like, yeah, exactly. You want to be <laughs> you want to be approachable, but you also want to build relationships with yeah. people. And like, it's different when you know someone's not authentic compared to someone who's just being themselves, you right. know? Like you can tell, like, well, you know what? Like you, you can tell like you're you, you, no matter what. Like you said, board meeting, whether or not we're getting tacos or anything like yeah. that, you know, like. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've been known to even invite our CEO for fucking tacos, man. That's another story mm. we had, right? Which is, um, we were having this this huge employee conference. Um, and again, I'm, 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 I'm part of this group at HBE called Juntos. It's the employee resource group. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, everybody that works with me, I'm always, I'm, I always tell them I'm kind of like, um, a, a little bit like maybe nosy or, or whatever but I'm always trying to coach and mentor as many people as I can and so as part of Juntos I'm always pushing people to kind of be outside of their comfort zone and kind of stretch themselves to kind of grow and so you know one of the things that I always like to do is whenever we're having a big ass meeting or, or things like that you want to sit at the front you want to be noticed you want to you, you know you want to leave an impression and so uh, we were having our all-employee meeting for the end of the year, and they rented out the Chase Center, the new Golden State Warriors Chase Center. Oh, nice. And so there was probably about, I don't know, like 7,000 HP employees there, and the CEO is going to be doing this big speech, kind of end-of-year thing. And so I went and I sat in the front row. I sat in the front row, and the guys that were with me, or the team that was with me, they slowly started, like, filtering off. Like, some of them would, would sit, like, on row 20, and some of them made mm -hmm. it to, like, row 15. And only a couple of them made it to the front row with me. Like a bunch of them just started uh, kind of uh, staying back. And, you know, just to give you some context, this is a pretty big event and they put on a pretty good show. It's a huge production. Yeah. They have like TV cameras and they're, and they're basically um, streaming this live via satellite to all of our offices all over the world. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I go and I sit in the front row and there's a number of chairs in the front that have this white sheet of paper face down on the, t on the chairs. So I sat in the first chair that didn't have a piece of paper next to it. And then nice. my, my buddy sat next to me. Well, as the show was starting, they started flipping the papers over. And the person sitting next to me was our CEO of the company, Antonio Neri, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. I'm going to sit next to the CEO. And, I, and so I turned to the guy and I was like, dude, we're going to be on TV, right? Because obviously they're going to be like panning. Yeah, right? yeah, on him. And the, the interesting part was that the whole uh, theme... Of, of his speech, of the CEO's speech, was all about changing the culture of the company to be, um, you know, more innovative. And in order to mm -hmm. do that, we had to, you know, make sure that people felt comfortable making bold moves, like fail. You hear all this normal cliche, like failed fast and, yeah. and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. right? 
And so I'm just taking it all in. And it's funny because I've always been, my mindset's always been, you know, we say in Spanish, perdón instead of permiso, right? Mm -hmm. Ask for forgiveness instead of for, for permission. permission. Yeah. yeah. And that's always been my mantra. And I feel like finally the company's catching up to the way that I've been operating this whole time. And so anyway, at the end of the prezo, um, everybody gets up and starts walking out of the auditorium. And I was like, you know what? I got a bold move for you. So then I approached the CEO. As everyone's leaving, I decided to kind of walk towards the stage instead. And, um, you know, they, all the leaders of the company were gathering there. And so I kind of went, went, made my way in. I introduced myself. And then when the CEO walked into the little group, I said, hey, Antonio, you know, great, great, great presentation, great speech, super motivating. And then and I was like, I love the whole concept of bold moves. He's like, oh, no, thanks. I was like, I got a bold move for you, man. And he goes, and then I, and the guy's from Argentina, so I switched to Spanish, and I was like, do you like tacos? Te gustan los tacos? And he's like, yeah, who doesn't like tacos? I was like, look, I said, there's a great taco spot next to the office. I said, I'm sure you're probably, you're probably pretty, uh, pretty tired of like duck and caviar and all this other shit. I was like, there's an awesome taco spot next to the company. Mm -hmm. And I said, you and I have similar beginnings, and I'd love to sit down with you and see if you can give me some guidance on how I can, I can contribute more to this company. The guy looks at me and he turns to his assistant. And he's like, hey, Stephanie, he goes, can you work with Carlos and find some time on the calendar? We got to go have some tacos, right? Yeah, that's and, dope. And so, um, and so that was that was sick. Like the people behind me, even my boss was like, I can't believe this dude just asked Antonio for fucking tacos. Directly, right? right? You just went straight, just straight up him. to him. And so um, <clears throat> uh, we had it. We had the taco date arranged and then COVID hits. So we never had a chance to actually make it. Oh, damn. But the funny thing is, is that the guy knows who I am now. I left an impression. Well, like, no, how you, many people you bring that up now, and they're gonna instantly be like, "Oh, that's right." That's right. You know? right? Like, so let's I, go. So yeah. I always, I always tell people, I was like, whether this taco thing happens or not, I will always have that as my icebreaker with Antonio. Yeah, like, you know, bro, don't forget, we're still on for tacos. Like, we got to go and reschedule. Yeah, like, exactly. That's my end. And so what's interesting is like, um, what I was trying to, I kind of did it to prove something to the rest of the to the rest of the folks that were with me for juntos. Is like, bro, like all these dudes are human like everybody else like you know there's like this invisible bubble around them where they seem like un 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 unattainable or unreachable yeah and we gotta break that shit right we gotta go in and what I call them kind of like you know humanize them right take away their title take away all that stuff and if you take all that stuff there, they're just normal people no, it's super true, man. Because yeah. even in my like my position right now, like we have what we call the client because mm -hmm. I'm a contractor, mm -hmm. and you and there never. As soon as the client walks in, everyone's like, "All right, now be quiet." Right. Or like everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Like the boss is here and stuff like that. And I walk over and I'm like, "Yeah, Jan's in first place." You know, like, are you going to the game this Saturday? Right. Like same thing. They're like, "Oh yeah," and he starts chopping it up about the Giants and stuff, and everyone kind of just starts getting more relaxed. Yes. You know, and that's, you're just that's, that's it, what I call it. you. Kind of disarm them, right? You yeah. Disarm them. You humanize them, and then it just it just becomes a much more productive conversation after that. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like you said, you know, just having that relationship with them too. Now yeah. they feel comfortable whenever you're in any place. It could be no matter what position you're at. Like I said, dude, where are those tacos at, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. No, that's super true. Like I've always, I've always kind of lived my life by that same mantra. You know, like always ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Yeah. You know, because you know if you don't take that first step forward to say, hey, I want that, or if you don't take initiative action to do what you want. You can't be complaining about not getting it. Right. You know, or you can't be complaining about exactly like where your position is, you know? Because like to your point too, you weren't asking for a handout. You asked them for guidance. You asked right. them for like, hey, how can you personally help me? Right. And if I was a boss sitting there, I would have been like, damn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I would have been like, oh, he's not he's not throwing like any kind of random ass question out. No, he's just like, yo, how can I help you? Right. You know? And that's, that's what people that, want to see. That's still pretty man. bold that you did that. Literally just walk straight to him like, hey. You know, hey, uh, do you want to get some tacos? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, again, uh, like just to be super honest, right? I feel like I did it more to prove a point to the people that I was with. Like I asked myself, if I had been by myself, would I even done it? Probably not. Like, like what was the point, right? Like I, I didn't yeah. have anything to prove. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, I felt like I had to prove something to everybody that was with me because I was with a group of Latinos. And I was like, look, I'm going to prove to you like... Like, this is possible. Like, you shouldn't yeah. be tripping off of this stuff. So you see so, that little push? So yeah. it was you know, more yeah. of like, it was more of like, look, I'm going to like, like, like the first thing was come join me in the front row. And then not everybody did. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. like, now I'm going to show you why. If like, if you think that was a big deal, like watch this. Right. Like, like you shouldn't be tripping off of sitting off the front row. Right. It's not like I'm asking you to ask the CEO for tacos, but let's go and do that just to show you what it looks like. Right. So I, I said there was a little bit of that. But, but no, like one of the things just kind of, I think on the heels of that, one of the things I've always said is I don't care if you're the janitor or the CEO, I'm going to treat you the same way. Yeah. Right. And that's what it's about. Right. I think, I think we're guilty of idolizing people and then those people get big heads about it. And then that's where that you kind of build up their ego. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't like that. When people come around on their high horse and they're looking at you, even like some people that I've known that were in my exact position mm -hmm. and they're higher now, it's kind of like, don't forget where you came from. Yeah. You know? And like, Dude, don't, and don't be trying to like 
all of a sudden put your foot down on me because you're in a right. high spot. It's kind of like, like you said, you should treat everybody with the same level of respect all the way yeah. across. Well, yeah. and, and like I said, what, what I, what, just kind of going back on that comment, right, about we sometimes are guilty of building up their ego and idolizing them. Like, I remember one time I was in the Salesforce.com tower in downtown San Francisco, the, yeah. the new tallest building in SF, and I was in an elevator with Joe Montana, right? Just some oh, guy, right? And, um, you know, I'm not a I'm not a Niner fan, but I'm a Joe Montana fan. Like, how could you not be a oh, Joe no, Montana, yeah, a Jerry Rice fan, right? Yeah. And I'm in the elevator, I'm like, I could totally geek out right now and be every other fan that suit's ever met. Or just be fucking human, right? And so I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even pretend to know who he was, right? I just started chopping up, like, hey, how's your day going? He's like, oh, doing well. I was like, man, nice building. We were just having a casual conversation, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, he ended up. I, I, I was going all the way to the top. He got off like halfway through, and after he got off, as he was getting off, I was like, hey, man, have a good day. He's like, hey, you too. And he walked away, and and, and like I wonder, like he was probably waiting for the moment. I was like, hey, bro, can I take a picture? Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. But to me, it was just like, dude, I just had a chill ass conversation with John Montana. Like, to me, that's more important than walking around with the photo. Well, even with the Niners, too, like, for a lot of people that are diehard Niner fans, uh, Eddie D, like our original owner that mm-hmm. basically lost the team, mm-hmm. he had that same kind of concept where he would treat the janitor the same as, like, yeah. you know, everybody else, the players, the high level executives. And that's why the players wanted to come into work. Mm-hmm. That's why they wanted to, you know, win for him, you know, because whenever yeah. they lost, they felt bad. It's like, this guy, like, cares so much. And we're letting them down. Right. You know? Yeah. And especially in those spots, too. Like, when, you, when you're meeting people, you know, and you see that they genuinely care and they're being authentic and you're not bringing the best you to the table, you're like, mm-hmm. fuck, man. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah, it really motivates people to kind of, like, be the best they can be. Yeah. You know? And that's why I'm sure, like, even, like, when you're in a high-level spot or, like, anybody's in a high-level spot, like, and you're being just fucking barrotted by people, like, it's nice just having that moment to just chill, have an elevator conversation, yeah. you know? Like, that's it's super cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, I've, I've been really lucky. Um, you know, I've I've... Throughout my career, I've built up a um, number of teams, and um, it's funny because every team I've realized this now. Every team that I've built is exactly the same. Everybody's family. Everyone's super chill. My team is always like the funnest team to work with. Yeah. Like I'll have other groups in the company come hang out in our area just because, like, dude, it's boring as hell over there. Like, they really hang out with you guys. Everyone's over there, hella dry. And so it's funny because I have this concept in every team I've ever I've ever been a part of that I've ever had a chance to run is I have this concept of light switch. And I always tell everybody, I'm like, dude, it's all cool to fuck around and joke yeah, around yeah. And, and even bully each other a little bit. But just know that when somebody that's not from our circle comes in, we got to light switch it, right? We can't, we can't be like this with everybody, right? And so we got to make sure that we bring our A game. So when, when somebody from like engineering or IT or whatever and they're in the area, like light switch it. Like we don't want to just come off a team of like goofballs because no one's gonna take us serious. Yeah, right? no, it's like I said, it's all about uh, perception is reality. Oh yeah, yeah. So like you know, we could be chilling off the clock and all that, but as soon as you come to work, like you got to be on your yeah, game. Yeah. That's very true. Because yeah, so- I mean, we had situations where like, like, like somebody will come and approach the big ass problem. We're like, oh no, yeah, we got you. Like let, let, let's go work on that. And then we, you know, we'll take a couple of guys. We'll walk in a conference room, close the door, and we'll talk. Did you hear that? You know, is that not funny? Like, ah, yeah. Like, why is this important for us? Like, and then we walk out. All right, so here's the plan. (laughs) 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 And so, like, that's that's what's badass. Is the other thing too is is one of the things I always make sure that my team always knows is that I got their back. Yeah, dude, that's very important. Yeah, it's like I I always tell them, like, look, if you're in a meeting and you make a decision, even if the decision is wrong, I'm gonna support you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was like, I was like. I mean, as long as you don't go in and, and like, thoroughly, like, disrespect somebody, you just come off like an asshole. But if you go in and you put your foot down and say, no, we're not doing that, and, or, 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 you know, um, then I got you, right? And I don't even care what you say. Like, somebody comes and goes, did you know that this guy said? I'm like, yeah, I agree with him. Even yeah. if I have no idea why you said that, but I'm going to support you, right? Because I want everybody on my team to know that they're empowered to make decisions. And that's what makes our, like, teams work really well together because... They know that they don't worry about, oh, well, what if I say the wrong thing? Or at least they're not afraid to give their their input. Their input. I'm not going to get thrown under the bus. Right. Because especially with my team, too. Like, I'm the same thing. Like, I used to be a store manager. Like, I've been in a lot of different managerial positions. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, you know, being able to thank people for their hard work, making sure that they're recognized, making sure that you, they know that you appreciate their hard work. You know, it goes, it goes super, super far, you know? And even then, too, kind of like you said, like being able to kind of identify, like, Who's who's a team player and who's going to be there with you? You almost like build a family. Exactly. So that when people come to work, like you're just like, yeah, let's get. We used to have this thing where it was like every other Friday we would just hit up the bar right next door, you know, mm-hmm. and just not get stupid wasted, but just have a beer too and just kind of like talk shit, mm-hmm. you know. That moment to be unprofessional together, 
where you can actually kind of yeah. just kind of like de-stress a little bit. But you, and like, know, you know what's funny? The thing is, sometimes you realize that even the little things can change like your coworkers or like your employees perspective about anything. Like I, for example, like I got a previous story. I like I, me and then my supervisor under me, you know, um, we started celebrating, which is like something should be common. You know, you celebrate your core, your employees uh, birthdays. Right. So the first birthday we celebrated when we took over this account and everything, uh, they were not expecting that. Like the employee didn't expect that. The employee, I've been working here for 20 years. I passed the company and company and company. And this is the first time that a company actually celebrates my birthday. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a simple thing, you know, getting some pizzas, mm-hmm. a cake, uh, you know, whatever. Even if it's a cupcake. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Yeah, like, you know, like, like, he he just told, told me straight up, like, there's, there's no, nobody's ever done this for me. Like, nobody's ever celebrated my birthday. He went work. home and cried that night. So, for <laughs> me, that, that told me, whoa. Like, that, they, the, his level of expectation was really 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 different than what i expected yeah. you know and, and, and you know after that like their mood changed because you know when you, you start you know you you new company coming in these people are like kind of rolling over with you they don't know you yet they kind of just you know it's kind of like a date you're kind of just getting to know mm-hmm. you you know they're gonna open up yet but then they realize that that we're not really against them right that we're, we're with them and i'm there to to defend them pretty much because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm the title that i that i carry in this company so now the environment is different so everybody's very friendly they actually put a lot of effort on their work because they're like you know we don't want to fail and then the boys the biggest thing is like we don't want this company to lose this contract mm-hmm. because then they'll be gone and then we'll have to roll up whoever comes next and then whoever comes next might not even be the same as the way they carry themselves you mm-hmm. know yeah so that just that experience that i experienced with that employee when you know he said to my face hey nobody's ever done this for me i really appreciate it a lot like that for me like well like I, something little can can make a big big yeah. change on somebody and then you, you empower know? them like especially with my yeah. thing is like you were mentioning before is like empowering somebody right i tell all my like assistant managers or anybody that's my lead or anybody that's underneath me i tell them like make your own decisions and stand by them right don't make a decision and then backtrack because someone will see that quick right like make your decision stand by it and if you fucked up i'll tell you you fucked up right and then we'll work on it but like i'd rather you take the lead and take your own like you know take point on the situation and then see exactly how it worked and how it didn't work yeah. and then i'll be like what did he say oh no yes because i told him to as I mean, opposed all, to all like do, just... wait what did he do right. oh fuck yeah. really yeah. oh he shouldn't do that you know like <laughs> right. and it goes hella yeah. different when yeah. it's like you said like you got them a cake you know you celebrated their special day and then now you got their back it's like fuck why am i why am i not going to work for this right dude, you know? well and that's yeah. the, that's the important part right is it what it comes down to is employee loyalty Right, um, and and like I don't even call it employee; I call it like team member, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, dude, it's not our company, right? I, I may be the boss, but it's not my name on the outside of the building. We're all part of a team. Like this yeah. person isn't my employee. It's, it's not King we work Bison together, the right? It's yeah, not King exactly. Bison <laughs> on the building, right? But man, I have so many examples of that, dude. Like mm-hmm. like in my current situation, um, I have um, I have my core team, and then I have a group out of Denver, right? And they're all con- and some of those are contractors, and so at the end of the year, you know. You know, our group, you know, if, if the company did well, we all get a bonus, but the contractors don't get a bonus, right? The con- mm. and, and the contractors are an extended part of my team. And there's one particular person on the team that's just been killing it for me. And I was like, I actually feel guilty. I was like, how can all of us here end of year celebrate getting this bonus? And then this dude, who's a huge part of it, doesn't get shit, right? Yeah. So I ended up calling up, and I'm really good homies with everybody I work with, right? So I ended up calling up the guy that, that runs that account, you know, I'm his customer, his, my account manager for that, from their contracting. And so look, man, this dude's been killing it for me and I don't feel comfortable with him not being recognized. And I was like, but we're going to do it in the Carlos way. I said, I need you to go and get one of those big ass fucking paper cardboard checks, like the six foot fucking checks. Oh, like the like a big tr- trivia show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big old thing. And I'm like, I need you to go in and fucking put his name on it. Tell him that it's from the team. And he just spot him five grand. Right. And I was like, charge me for it or whatever, but this dude needs to get recognized. And I was like, and I just wanted just to have it show up. Like, I want it to be a fucking event. I'm like, I want you to set up a Zoom call, and I want to see you hand it to him, but it's going to be a surprise, right? And and we did, right? And the guy was like, like, to your point, it was like the cupcake. Like, yeah. And I, and I told him for real, I was like, look, dude, I was like, I just want you to know that I notice, and I want you to know how valuable you are to this team, and I just want you to know, dude, like, I know that you have a new baby, you know, so I was like... Either, you know, do with it what you want. Take your family on a nice vacation, go to a nice dinner, do whatever you got to do. But, like, I got you. I just want to say thanks. And, dude, like like you said, like, the next day of work, like, the dude is just 
productivity goes way up. He's like super leaning in, like super engaged, right? Yeah, giving over, us input. Over you know, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like that. And one of the things that I, I firmly believe is the way I look at it is this, right? The company gives me X number of dollars a year to go in and do what I got to do, right? Mm-hmm. How I do it is up to me, right? And so the way I look at it is, look, it's not coming out of my pocket. So why not go in and use this money in such a way where I can go in and empower and grow this team? So what I tell the people is like, look, my commitment is to my team. Five years from now, I'm going to be gone. You're going to be gone, right? HPE is going to be here. But while we're here, we're going to make it count. Yeah. And when we all leave, we're going to leave here different levels, promoted. You know, Our resume is going to be fucking killer. Like, So my commitment to my team is that once you join my team, when you leave, you're going to be in a much better spot. Mm. Like, I don't want anybody on my team who's got the same title than when they started two years ago. Like, everybody needs to move up. Yeah, dude. Right? No, I love the way everything you're saying, man. Yeah, like, because it's like, even like when you're working with like-minded people, like, that's how you grow freaking. Yeah. That's how yeah. you produce, man. Yeah, I told dude. it was like, you want to see your your friends and the people that worked with you exactly. move up. Exactly. You know, because then at that point, like, you look over and like, who's your immediate, like, peer is like mm-hmm. the person you were in the trenches with, like, yeah. five years ago. And yeah. at that point, like, you have, like, such good trust and you have such good rapport. Mm-hmm. That's what a company needs to be able to, like, freaking grow up, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'll shout out to my boy, Joe. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give him a shout out. You know, I, like I mentioned earlier, I, I, I coach and mentor a lot of people. There was a guy that, that I hired um, from Best Buy. Literally, mm-hmm. I used to work at Geek Squad. And I gave him a shot. I gave him a shot to come work for me when I was working at this other company. And, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty long story, probably its own podcast, but long story short, um, when he worked for me, he started off as entry level, lowest guy in the totem pole. I used to run a tech, tech support, global tech support organization back then. Um, and he started, you know, uh, we used to call him the RMA bitch. It was like, you know, whenever we had something that needed to get done, that was a lot of paperwork intensive, we handed it to him. But what he did is, because he did that, he now built relationships with people around the company to figure out how shit got done. And, you know, he worked for me for about five years. When I left that company, he took over my role, right? So mm-hmm. this guy was, you know, I used to run tech support. So tech support, you have like te- level one support, level two support, level three, then like the escalation managers, right? When I left, um, well, before I left, he was already a North America escalation manager. So any, any multi-million dollar account that was having problems, he had to own and manage and go and put together a team to go and solve it. Then um, when I left, he took over the global role. Um, Within five years, he went from working at Best Buy to ringing the bell at NASDAQ because the company that he was working Damn. at went public. So he became an instant millionaire. Yeah, right? Like, fuck. just right away? Fuck, right man. away. Like, I've never asked him, and I'm not going to ask him. So, Joe, if you're listening, dude, I love you, man. But um, I'm fucking proud of that guy. Like, like, And that's an example of what I'm talking about, right, is is coming in and empowering people, seeing what their strengths are and pushing them and motivating them to do better. So the dude ended up leaving that company where I, I left, he stayed and, and was running it. And then um, the guy that was my boss at that company mm-hmm. had left to go work at another company. Mm-hmm. He calls me, he goes, Carlos, why don't you come work for me again? And I was like, dude, I just took this job like a month ago. I can't just leave. Like I, I have a commitment. Like for me, my word is everything, right? I can't just leave because I got a better gig. Right. So that fucks over this company. And he's like, well, dude, I need another Carlos. Like I can't do this for myself. And I was like, well, I have this guy. <laughs> Who I just left in charge over there, like, yeah. he'd be perfect. And so he's like, you think you want in? So I went and I, I, I connected them. And remember, I, I, I had them connect on Friday. They met on the weekend over an interview. The CEO of the company met with him on Monday, and he started working right away. And they hired him on the spot. That was cool. And, and he grinded. I mean, I give him props that he grinded, you know, fucking 16, 18-hour workdays for like a year and a half at the startup that was coming up, right? Um, and now, right now, I think the guy's like senior director of global escalations for this fucking company that's now public. Holy shit. And the dude made pretty well, man. So that to me is like, that to me is amazing. Like the fact that I have the opportunity to help people like that, it's just fucking awesome. It feels fucking great, right? That's crazy. But, but one of the things I always tell everybody is like, you know, you guys think I'm doing this for you? And I kind of joke, right? I say, the day's going to come where I'm going to be old as fuck and no one's going to hire me. I'm going to come knock on your guys' door and be like, dude, like throw me a contract, like give me some work. Yeah, like right? something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but to be real, you know, it's not even about me, right? You know, something can happen to me tomorrow. It's my kids, right? My kids at some point are going to be looking for a job, right? Yeah, man. And all these people that are in my team today and have been part of my team, you know, they're going to be leaders. Everybody on my team just, just are natural leaders and, and, and just a little bit of help and push and support and they let there. You know, fucking, you know, five years from now, I have a 19-year-old son right now who's going to study business. He's going to want to, he's going to need a job, right? 
I would hope that some of these people that I had an opportunity to help out are be willing to fucking give back, right? And it's like, so it's, it's so if anything, it's kind of part of that legacy, right? It's just making sure that... It's that, a cycle. Yeah, yeah, passing the torch, cycle. you know? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah, man. Like, switching gears a little bit, too. Like, you know, you said... On your off time, obviously, you love tacos, you know, like, and you're getting a boat, homie. Yeah. Like, you're finding it's like, you know, with all of the stuff that you're doing, man, like, I'm sure everybody already, just, like, gets an idea of how much work you got on your plate, man. Like, what do you do to unwind, bro? Like, you're just sitting back with a Modelo, like, you know, no, are you dude, just... I don't. No? That's, 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 I feel, one of my, one of my, um... I don't know if I call it a weakness. So I was like, how does Carlos unwind? You know what I mean? Like, what is you know you know what it after, is? After he, he's kicked he, ass with the CEO he and after he's boat. done all this shit, like yeah, like, oh, you, know, <laughs> you, you know you know how unwind, dude? I go back to my roots. Um, mm. Believe it or not, I really enjoy yard work. Mm. Right? Um, I, I bought my first house about a year and a half ago up in Tracy. So I moved out of San Jose, moved to Tracy, and it's got a pretty big size yard. Um, and when I moved there, like it was all dirt and all that stuff. And I just like working around the house, man. You know, we, we went and we tilled all the dirt, put new sprinkler lines. Like, um, I'm telling you, dude, out there with the straw hat and the leaf floor, dude, wrote yeah, what just and everything, laying, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Lay, lay, laying out, yeah, what just and everything, laying out the sod, you know. Um, I always have projects at home, I like building stuff. I have, uh, I actually just recently built a shed in my backyard to turn it into. Um, kind of my mini workshop so I can have all my tools mini workshop slash bar yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I, got, I actually got that too um, I got, I, uh, one of the things is I have a pretty good collection of tequila so I'm part of yeah, he really does, stuff, so, he does. Um, so I have a pretty good tequila collection but the thing about my collection is it's all sealed man. I don't yeah, open right, my no, bottles yeah. right so I don't know. I probably have like maybe 80, 90 bottles. Only, only on, a, yeah, only on the rarest of special occasions, right? You will use no, not even, that. Or not even that. So, so even if it's a special occasion, I'll go buy a bottle. So you don't have that one bottle where you're like, you know, this is the bottle for like, let's say, if you hit like this one achievement milestone or like, I had one. This is for when my daughter gets married or something, you know? Like, I had one. <laughs> you know, like, it's funny. I had one, um, and it was kind of a joke. I had a three little bottle of Centenario Añejo that I personally brought back from Mexico on a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that trip, um, I had just uh, I had sold a property that I had in Mexico, right? So it was like my closing of that chapter. I bought this bottle, mm-hmm. and it was interesting. As I'm saying it now, I bought that bottle because I just sold some property in Mexico, and it's a fucking three liter bottle of Centenario Añejo. It's, it's 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 pretty impressive. And I joked, and they're like, "Hey, so where are you gonna open it up?" And I was like, "You know." And at the time, I wasn't a homeowner. I'd never owned a house before, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna open up that bottle today by my house, right?" And it's funny because. Fast forward to like, you know, maybe four years later, mm-hmm. I remember my backyard and my and we had, it was during COVID, we had a small get together, not a lot, but a very close friends there. And my wife's like, hey, I just remembered. You said you were going to open up that fucking bottle. We bought our house, right? And I was like, fuck. Yeah, you're like, like, no, fuck. no, no. Yeah. Like, let's <laughs> wait for like the real like welcome party. And she's like, all right. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This is it. This is what we talked about, dude. And I have never been more emotional in opening up a bottle, bro. Like, like I open up the bottle, and everyone's having a good time. And I made it a point to stop and let everybody know how big of a deal it was for me to open this bottle. And I didn't know I was going to get so emotional, bro. I started crying. I was going to say, you started crying Damn. when you popped it open, dude? I'm going to start crying right I now, bro. I opened up the bottle, and I was like, <laughs> you know, listen, guys. Like, I was yeah. like, you guys have no idea, like, all the shit that I've been through. To be able to open up this bottle, obviously it meant more than the bottle, right? Yeah. But like, you know, it's, a little bit about me, man. Right? Like, yeah. I, I started over, man. I, I was married. For, I got married very early the first time. I was like 20, 21 years old when I got married. I was married for almost 10 years. And I got a divorce. And dude, when I got that divorce, I started from scratch, bro. I remember I was, I was, I ended up renting a room from a Chinese guy in Fremont. Um, and, you know, and all I had was an air mattress. I had a fucking ironing board that held my TV up. I had a cardboard mm-hmm. box that was my dining room table and a black garbage bag with my clothes, bro. Like that was me uh, nine years ago, right? Nine years ago, and and you know, two years ago, I'm sitting here cracking a tequila bottle of a fucking house. It's like you know, thirteen thirteen thousand square foot backyard with a pool and everything. And that shit's yours, you know? Yeah, and it's mine. And I'm like, that's when it. That's when all that shit hit. Like I realized, like what that bottle really meant. And yeah. I'm like, fuck it, we're finishing this bottle tonight. Three liters, fucking tequila. You know, yeah. that's that's how it's fucking done, though. Like if you're gonna open a bottle and celebrate, yeah. like, and then you're celebrating on that exact moment. Yeah, like, like yeah, it you, was, you, you, it, you, it, you can't it, leave any in there. You know what I mean? You can't leave any in there at all. That's my jinx, bro. Happens to. I know. I know. <laughs> that's I noticed that. Um, that's your jinx, man. So yeah, you know that. I, I think that's probably one of the things that I'm not very good at is annoying. And, and this mm-hmm. is what I was saying earlier. It's it's. I feel like I'm a, a, a working. What is it called? Working anxiety. Yeah. Um. I feel like there's always like that one next thing I should be working on. I, I'm 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 never. I can never just sit still. I can never sit still. You know. And and, and that's something I got to work on because I feel like I need it. Man. I feel you. 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 I
feel yeah, it. Yeah, I think everybody needs time to themselves. Yeah, I think you need to like find something to just unwind and relax. It's the boat, man. He's gonna be it's hitting the, the water the boat, soon, bro. Yeah, it's well, let me boat. let me qualify that right because it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> it's yeah. funny, man. Because look, um, I, I I'm very those of those people that know me know what I'm talking about. Growing up the way I grew up, I never saw myself owning a house with a pool. Right? And when I was growing up, anybody that I knew had, that had a pool, I was like, damn, those people are fucking rich. It's bougie, right? right? You bougie, know, like, right? yeah, like a damn. And so now I'm like, I want to share it with everybody, right? So it's like, hey, you should come over to my house so you can come jump in the pool. And then I don't hear myself how that sounds. And I'm like, they're like, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, this fucker's just flexing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like. And, and, I, and, and, and I'm not, right? And so I'm always like, now, like, I'm like, oh, dude, that came out wrong. Hold on, let me explain to you. Like, I was born in Mexico, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, wait, 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 no, yeah, no, no, like, no, like, no. I didn't mean it like that, right? Like, you know, whatever. And so, and so, it's the same thing with the boat, bro. Like, this boat, I've never owned a boat in my life. I have no idea how I'm gonna get this fucking thing home. I have mm-hmm. no idea what it's gonna look like the day I drop it in the water, right? I keep watching fucking videos on Instagram of people's trucks drop dropping into the lake when they're trying to pull. Like, that's gonna be me, bro. Yeah. But to me. I've always been like do things that as a Latino as a Mexican you normally don't see mm-hmm. and to me that's what the boat represents it's to make sure that my kids realize that this shit's fucking possible like I don't even know if I'm yeah. even like boating bro like seriously I, I may get this boat and never fucking use it after the first weekend damn but to me it's like I need my kids to see this yeah right? set, I need set my that kids example, to you know? know what it's like to have a house with a boat cause dude I remember the summer like this week is hot as fuck right? I was 113 yesterday in Tracy Growing up, we would have turned on the sprinklers and just play the sprinklers, right? Dude, we were in the pool until like 11.30 last night with the kids, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's not something that I'm used to. I'm still like weird about it. Yeah. But when I see my kids realize that this is just normal for them, then to me, that's what it's about. It's to make yeah, sure man. that they understand that the bar has been raised and like, like it only goes up from here, right? So that's why for me, like every time, like I'm, I would say I'm kind of... Uh, I think that's, that's the perspective that we remember that we had a conversation before you and I there where people don't really come out of their areas yeah remember what we talked about like this city wise like you know cause you're, you're a Mexican or Latino and you live in like a certain area for example this is the east side right for example like you got the bakery there you got the bank really close to you you got like food right there uh, people that just works 9 to 5 every yeah. day like they just go to work go home and then the weekends that's, that's the area they don't leave cause they already know where they go change their check they already know where they're gonna go buy food but you're not really leaving the area. You're, you're right. staying in your little hub. So right. technically, you're not you're not you're not exploring anything that's outside of that. Right. So you just segregate yourself to that, and you think that's the only thing you know. Because like we talked about, you know, you for example, you go to Los Gatos. You know, people rich people live there. You yeah. know, you go to Cupertino. You know, that's a different area. So you don't think, oh, you don't belong in that area. You know what I mean? Or why should I be in that area? Yeah, you it's. Know? You know I, I, I kind of call that the honeycomb effect. Right. I mean, take a look at a, at a honeycomb. Right. There's all these little chambers in the honeycomb. And when you grow up the way I grew up, right, everything that you need is inside your honeycomb. You don't leave it, right? Mm-hmm. Church, school, grocery store, your family, your parents, whatever, right? And so what happens is you you, you have this perspective of the world of based on what your honeycomb is like. And so for me, it's all about helping people expand their horizons and think bigger and think beyond their honeycomb, right? And so like growing up the way that I grew up, I would I would ask anybody like you guys or, 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 or you know, uh, on this podcast, like... I grew up in, you know, when I did come to the U.S., I grew up in East San Jose by Tolene King, right? I would ask how many people have gone to Muir Woods? How many people have gone to Big Sur, right? Yeah, right. How many people have gone to fucking, I don't know, like Santa Barbara, right? And it's like, only like an hour or two away. It is. Like, it's super close. But we don't go because, one, we have this perception that it's not for us. Or we have a perception mm-hmm. that it's for people with money, right? Or we have this, and it's not, right? And it's not. And so, like... Dude, I always have my, my antennas up, and, and, and maybe I should stop, but one of the things I always do is I take a look to see how many other Hispanics are where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And when see, I don't see the them, it frustrates me. Yeah. <laughs> and when right. I don't see it, it frustrates me. It's like, why aren't more of our people here, right? Um, like, you know, um, I see your Russian River thing here on the on the, on the, on the door, but yeah. I went to Colorado uh, a couple of weeks ago, whitewater rafting on the Arkansas River. Oh, that's what's up. Right? It was funny because it was me, my 19-year-old son, who he's you know very very dark, he's my stepson, right? He's a dark dark guy, and a really good friend of mine who's actually from Guyana, but he's Indian descent, so he's super dark, mm-hmm. right? And we were sharing a raft with the most entitled, privileged white people. Oh, Colorado, Colorado of course, Colorado, yeah. Right? We were literally the only, we were literally the only people of color 
um, it was literally a school bus from where we met out to the river. You know, we were like surrounded by, I would say, maybe 200 people. We were literally the only people of color, right? And so we get on the raft and, um, you know, it was, it was actually pretty cool, uh, pretty cool rapids, but for the first maybe half a mile, it was just really tranquil, right? So the, the guy's like introducing himself and asking everybody to introduce himself. And uh, the guy in the front um, was kind of like the leader of the, of the privilege. Yeah, and so he was the one doing all the talking, and so he's like, "Hey, so let's let's meet everybody. What's your name?" He's like, "Jad, of course." Uh, <laughs> of course, do? right? Like, oh, I'm, a, like, I'm a manager for a company over in so and so. I was like, "Oh yeah, what do you do?" He goes, "I sell bedding and pillows." And he was like making it seem like this big ass thing. He was, and this is my wife. I'm the king of bedding and pillows, yeah. actually. <laughs> this is my wife, Brooke. Of course, your name's Brooke, right? And this is my brother <laughs> Connor, right? So I have Chad, Brooke, Damn, and Connor, man. right? And they're all like talking about themselves and stuff, and I'm just sitting there like just paddling, just not saying shit, right? And they're like, "And what's your name?" I'm like, "Oh, hey, everybody, I'm Carlos, right?" And and I'm light skinned right? So I'm not like super dark, right? I'm like, oh, "My name's Carlos." He's like, "Oh, okay, Carlos, what do you do?" I'm like, oh, "I'm in tech." He's like, "Oh, okay, cool tech, yeah, it's pretty cool." Silicon Valley, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, Silicon Valley." He's like, "All right, cool." And then he jumps over to my buddy in the back, Sheik, and he's like, "Hey, Sheik," he goes, and then my buddy's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, time out." He goes, "Carlos, no, bro." He goes, "I'm not gonna let you slide." And then he goes. This motherfucker right here is a senior director of a multi-billion dollar company in fucking the Bay Area. And he goes, and he, and he just starts like talking me up, right? He's your hype man. He's my hype <laughs> man. Yeah. And then, and then at the moment, at the time, I was like, why is he doing it, right? And then I realized, because the dude up front was fucking flexing because he sold pillows and bed sheets, right? And so then it was like, okay, I, I get it, right? So he was kind of like hyping me up. Yeah. And then, and then when it goes to Sheik, Sheik's like, oh, I, I work for a company out of Colorado, and Carlos, Carlos and I work together. So I was like, nah, nah, fucker. I was like, this is the bra guy, right? But no, look, this guy right here we're celebrating. He just closed a $35 million deal um, working for this badass company, whatever. And I was like, so he's also doing pretty well. And then, and then we're like, and that guy right there? I mean, that's my 19-year-old son. And he's badass. Here, <laughs> and we're out here because we're plotting his next five years, right? Because he's going he's gonna to come with, right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you're like the, like the energy and the fucking thing just shifted, right? Like, like the white dudes, like, stopped being hella, not, hella loud and hella obnoxious. And I think they realized that they weren't, like, the biggest shit in the They, boat, they realized right? who yeah, they exactly. were in the boat with, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. And so here's the backstory, right? Um... The reason I'd gone to Denver is because I just needed to get away. I needed to, to your point, right? I'm trying mm -hmm. really hard to find a way just to get away from stuff and just center myself. So that's why I went to Denver. Well, I figured if I'm going to go and do it, I'm going to do it big. So I went on, I don't know if you guys ever use the Turo app, but you can rent somebody else's car. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to go to Denver. It's going to be a guy's trip. We're going to do it right. So I rented a fucking 2020 Escalade, right? Oh, nice. And it's like a really, really nice Escalade. And so um, we do this rafting trip, and then when we get when we get off the school bus to get dropped off to turn our shit off, my boy's like, "Hey, let me borrow clothes." He's like, "Let me borrow the keys to the truck. I'm gonna get my shoes." I'm like, "Cool." So what does he do? He takes the Escalade and comes and parks it right in front. And mm -hmm. one night before, we were driving down downtown Breckenridge. We were, had the windows down and we were playing corridos as loud as we could because we were the only fucking brown people in Breckenridge. Mm -hmm. So we're like, we're gonna we're gonna be authentic. So we were playing Chayuno Sanchez, hella loud on the Escalade, going up and down downtown Breckenridge, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so this dude goes and he parks the Escalade in the front, and um, and uh, as as he does that, the people that were in the raft. Like we walk by and we and we and we click with like the tour guide because we were just super chill, right? Yeah. We weren't trying to flex or whatever, and they had been kind of flexing a little bit, so they were being kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. So we were hanging out with all the tour guides and 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 we were kind of drinking and we had the Escalade and everything. The folks that were in the raft had to walk through us by the Escalade to get into their '92 Corolla and we had home. Oh damn! And that to me was just like for especially for my 19 year old son to see that I was like, dude, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's how it's done, right? That, that's, that's how you do and that it. That to me is like that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, I make it a point to make sure that people know that, like, I scuba dive. Like, I, I like scuba diving, and the reason I did it is because Mexicans don't, right? And mm -hmm. I was like, I've been on boats with people from Australia, from from the UK, right, from different parts from South Africa, and at the end of the day, at the end of that dive, they go home and talk about that dive, and they're like, "That's the day I dove with a Mexican," and that dude was cool as fuck. Right, mm -hmm. that's what's important for me is I feel like more of our people need to like show up and be yeah, get positive. out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. you know, get out there. And we got to be recognized for stuff that's positive. Like I don't know if you like one of the things that kick that like just fucking kills me, man. Is la raza something just fucks up? Did you guys hear what happened yesterday in the Mexico game? 
No. They what fucking canceled the Mexico game live. They're Mexico versus Trinidad. They called the game because they kept yelling puto every time the kicker fucking, the, the goalie kicked the ball. Mm. No, damn. No, it's, so you're it's, on it's a fucking culture. world stage, bro. You're on a world stage. You just can't learn to shut the fuck up. Like, they've been warned mm. game after game after game. Like, especially right now with all this inclusion and diversity and equality. I think it's even Pride Month right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, they were warned. Like, if you guys keep yelling that shit, like, you guys aren't even going to be allowed in the stadium anymore. And they got Memo Choa before the games asking to be, please be respectful. Don't say anything. Like, yeah, don't yeah. say shit, right? No, yeah. And so yesterday's game didn't finish because they called the game because they wouldn't shut the fuck up. Damn. Like, that's not what I want my people to be known for, bro. No. Yeah, right? No, I feel it. So, yeah, like, it's all about, it's all perception is reality. It's yeah. all about being able to represent and just be who you are, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, really appreciate you coming through. We're going to start wrapping it up a little yeah, bit, man. Sure, but man. like, yeah, definitely, dude. Like, it sounds like you're fucking hitting the ground running always, yeah. you know? And like, we really appreciate what you're doing, man. Because especially with this project, with the Killer Thoughts podcast, is we want to bring a family together of yeah. just like-minded people, yeah. like you said, that feel comfortable just being who they are, can bring through their art, their music, and then we can provide them a platform, you know? And yeah. like, Yes, yeah, it's, it's really cool to know that there's like-minded people out there as well, just like yourself, man. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, keep keep going, but I want to say just some little personal advice, man. Take some time to yourself, homie. I'm working on it, You man. know, yeah, yeah, yeah like, on you it. have to do just, it, bro. Just find that thing where, you know, like, you're still not, let's say, like, you're still not anxious because you're not doing anything, right. but you're just more so doing things that are helping you, you know, yeah. like, kind of, kind of just de-stress a little bit, Absolutely. relax, no, that's, you know, yeah. That's funny. Now that I call that a project... Now I'm all over it. Like my yeah, next right? project exactly. is learning how to relax. And Damn. When you approach it that way, now it becomes something I can do, right? If I yeah, of course. If I project, yeah. I can kill it, right? Yeah, for sure, you know? <laughs> yeah, so that's next my next know, project yeah. is learning how to slow the fuck down. There you go. Then you're just chill as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah man. No, we appreciate you being on, man. You know, it's, it's really nice meeting you too, dude. And like, Anybody that wants to come onto the podcast, exactly. like you mentioned before, you know, please come over. Anybody that's interested in anything that Carlos is doing, please reach out. You know, is there anything that you would like to plug? Anything that you got going on? Anything that people can check out? Um, well, there are a couple of things. You know, um, you know, one of the things I'm working on is to, you know, to kind of put myself out there more as officially as a coach, mentor, and executive coach. So I'm working on that. Um, a really good friend of mine, actually the guy that was in Denver, actually gifted me a website. It's yosoycarlosquesada.com. And, and on there, the guy, he did the whole website. He put my story on there and all that stuff. And it's about really getting myself out there to help more and more people. So oh, I would say if, if anybody wants to reach out to me, you can go on the website, yo soy Um yeah, and you know, We'll put the link in the bio. Me. Yeah, link in the bio. Um, also, um, as part of the ERG, one of the things that I've done is, is uh, I've launched um, kind of my own collaborative of a bunch of Latino ERGs. So I have um, Uber, Palo Alto Networks, Apple, uh, PwC, and HP. We've got together as Latino uh, ERG leaders. We put together our own community. So it's unidoserg.com. Um, and so that to me is something that I'm very, very passionate about. That's I'm doing on the side. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, so I would say, yeah, those two things are, are things that are like super important working on right now. Oh, there we go, man. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Everybody. If you have any kind of interest in anything that we've talked about, yeah, definitely. This is the man right here. And then, uh, on Instagram, uh, Latino leadership. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Latino there leadership go. as well. Yeah. Nice. All right. All so, right, Angel. Uh, you can check me out uh, on my Instagram as Angels Daily Post, and then uh, check me out on another podcast I do. It's in Spanish. Uh, check me out on Ara Capella podcast. I'll be there um, on Sundays and Wednesdays. And check me out right here, Killer Thoughts Podcast. Yay! And then you can also find me on Instagram at a Ramirez four ninety three. You can find me at the one and only Killer Thoughts Podcast, and you can also find me at the Closing Staff Podcast as well. And since we don't have my boy Joel, I'm, I'm acting like he's right next to me and there's just an empty hole. <laughs> you know, we miss you, Joel. You, where are you, Joel? No, we know where he is. He's, he's, it's his birthday weekend. He's, he's celebrating himself a little bit. Happy this birthday, Joel. Cool. It's with the girlfriend. Yeah, with, with, with his fiance. Fiance. Sir, with his fiance. Fiance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, I'll take roll today. I'll be Joel. Hey, Google, play Killer Thoughts on Spotify. <laughs>